going to uh, pray for a moment. Father, we thank you once again for your word. Thank you that it speaks to us down the centuries. And we pray now that as we look at it together, you would speak to us both in our hearts and in our minds. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Over the last few weeks, we've been thinking together about uh, what it means to be in the desert uh, or the wilderness. <coughs> and we've been thinking about uh, different places and occasions in the story of the scriptures where the desert becomes a really important place for individuals or for the people of God. We thought uh, first about the story of, of Moses as he led the people out of slavery in Egypt through the the Red Sea or the Reed Sea into the wilderness. And there, after having been delivered in this beautiful and dramatic way, what happens is the people start grumbling. And uh, instead of sort of seeing all the, the, the joy of deliverance, they see the problems that surround them. And the desert becomes a place of grumbling, but it also becomes a place of glory. As uh, they, they are told to look out into the desert, and there they glimpse the glory of God. They see uh, the pillar of cloud uh, that has led them. And it also becomes a place of provision because God feeds the people uh, using manna, that, that bread-like substance, and quail uh, to give them bread and meat. So the desert is a place of grumbling, but glory and provision. And then we thought about the story of Elijah and the way in which he ran away from the purposes of God and went into the wilderness uh, and actually crawled under a bush and asked that the, the Lord would bring everything to an end. But the Lord sends an angel and the angel feeds Elijah twice. And then the Elijah goes to Mount Sinai, this, this great mountain of God. And God comes to him, not in a, a wind or an earthquake or a fire, but in a small voice and says, what are you doing here? And uh, the desert becomes a place of intimate encounter. It becomes a place of meeting with God and asking really important questions. What are you doing here? What are you about? What is it that you are seeking to do? The desert becomes a place of discovery and of perspective and of finding your place in the purposes of God. And then last week, we had a, a think together about a passage from Isaiah where the desert uh, is said to uh, bloom, where there are rivers in the desert and there are flowers and there is life and there is creation and restoration. The desert becomes a place of overwhelming and surprising blessing. And we thought together about uh, how deserts can be places where God turns up in remarkable, outrageous, unexpected, and even unmissable ways. So these are things that can happen in the desert. These are some of the things uh, that happen in the deserts in Scripture. And here, as we go to the beginning of the gospel, the beginning uh, of, the, of the story that defines us as Christians, we find where does it begin? Where does this story begin? Well, Mark makes it very clear that it begins in the desert. So we are told 
the beginning of the gospel about Jesus Christ, the son of God. And then we get we get the quotation from Isaiah linking this into the ongoing purposes of God. I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. Where is he? A voice of one calling in the desert. Prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so John came baptizing in the desert. It is here in the wilderness, in the hard place, in the place that is is cut off from from normal comforts. This is where the good news is going to start. This is where the story is going to turn. This is where the light is going to begin to shine in the darkness. After a long, long wait, the people of God are going to see him come to them. And here is John in the desert, preaching and baptizing, telling the people to get ready because the one who is coming is on his way. And because he is coming, it does not mean that they can suddenly down tools, suddenly say, right, well, he's coming. So the rest of us can all sort of become spectators or passengers to sort of somehow hand over responsibility to the one who is coming. What John says is, no, he is coming and you have your part to play, a crucial part to play. You need to be ready so that he who comes, who will baptize you not with water, but with the Holy Spirit, you are ready to receive him, to believe, accept and participate in this coming act of God. The good news is about Jesus, but you have a part to play. You are part of what God has set about doing. You are part of how God will bring this good news into the desert and beyond. We've often thought together, haven't we, tried to sort of understand our current experience under the pandemic, under the lockdown, under the restrictions that we all face, and thought about it as a desert, thought about it as a, as a hard time, a wilderness, where we are cut off from much of what we are normally used to, cut off from social contact, cut off from fellowship, from friendship, from friends and relatives, cut off from the simple pleasures of meeting and encounter and of being together as friends, as families, as a church, in, in a whole variety of ways. It does feel like we are in, in, a, in a, a period or a time when, when things are difficult, when children are often sent home from school or, or, or can't meet with their friends um, during sort of normal social activities. With Christmas coming, and, and, and yes, all right, the government's given us this window, but, but they're now telling us all the things that we can't do. We can't hug people. We can't play games. We can't do this. We can't do that. We've got to leave the windows open. You know, it, it all feels really strange. I know for some people, the not playing of games might be a blessed relief. But you know what I mean? We're being told, aren't we? You can have this, but really, really, we'd rather you didn't. It feels like a desert. It feels like a wilderness. All the things that really make life worth living are being cut away from us. And it's easy, isn't it, to grumble? 
it's easy to see this as negative. It's easy to see our losses and they are real. The challenge is to go into the story of the scriptures and to see the desert as a place of God's glory, of God's encounter, of God's blessing, and ultimately of God's good news. That this is where the story rebegins. And we are given an opportunity to hear and to join with it. Pete sang a, a song a, a few months ago, um, which was uh, asking us to get ready. If you remember that song, get ready. God's people get ready. That, that theme, that, that note is an Advent note to get ready for the good news. For the big good news, which is the coming of Jesus, of course, which we remember every day, but also particularly at Christmas. We get ready for the light coming into the darkness, for Emmanuel, God with us, for the birth of Jesus, for the turning of history, for the moment when our story takes on a new and deep and wonderful chapter. We get ready for the big story, the big good news. But maybe too, we get ready for the little good news for each one of us. Because maybe in each of our deserts, there is a little good news that we have had time to glimpse God's glory, to encounter him anew, to taste and touch his blessing. So maybe a problem which felt overwhelming has become redefined, understood in a new way. Maybe there has been a spiritual practice rediscovered. Maybe there has been a relationship restored. Maybe there has been a habit conquered. Now, please don't misunderstand me. I know that for many people, the desert time has been a really hard time. And some of those issues that we face, some of those problems that we encounter have actually been magnified and exacerbated. I, I know that. And I think uh, it's, it's really important that we are honest about those things. But to find the good news in this desert and to see the good news of God beginning to break in and to change and to involve us and to invite us into participating in what he is doing in our lives, the good news begins to break in to the desert. And perhaps there's a there's a, a sort of a middle one. We've got the, the big one, which is the story of Jesus. We've got the little one in terms of our own experience, our own individual lives of faith that we live day by day. And perhaps somewhere between the two, we rediscover the good news that what is church? What does it mean to belong to one another? What does it mean to be part of the people of God, united in Christ, crucified, risen, ascended and glorified? What does it mean to be the people of God? And maybe we find out, I find out, that church is not just an organisation with rotors and committees and structures, however important those may be. It is a group of people who together have tasted the love of God and are drawn through love for him 
to love one another. And we are different and we are diverse and we will disagree and we will occasionally even fall out with one another. But we are drawn by his love to love him and to love one another and to share our messy, stumbling, broken lives with one another, bathed in his love and his forgiveness. Church should be a bit messy because we are a bit messy. Life is a bit messy. And when we do come back together, maybe part of God's blessing, God's glory, God's encounter, God's good news is that we discover one another afresh. A group of people helping one another up, helping one another along, seeking to, to live and love like Christ has lived and loved. And if our church is a bit more like that, because of this desert experience, then isn't that good news? Because the good news came for the whole world. The good news of a church transformed through this desert experience is, I rather suspect, that the world around us is craving and crying out for that kind of community and acceptance and friendship and forgiveness and love. We can taste and touch and feel how, how difficult and, and how desperate things are for some people, can't we? We can feel and taste those things within ourselves. We will need one another. We will need the community open and ready and forgiving and loving and stumbling along together in the good news of God. So deserts, they're not pleasant, but they are really important. They're important in scripture. They may be important in our own life of faith, in the transformation even of our church and of the good news breaking out into a world that so desperately needs it. Amen. We've had a, a little bit of a think about deserts together and one of the things we've we've done is to is for people to share um, some experience of perhaps when they've been uh, or some reflections on on deserts and and I'm really delighted that um John John Miles is going to um, share a few a few words with us this morning and I've just lost you for a moment John sorry I'm here, I'm here. yeah here. and I'm unmuted brilliant. I'm, I'm unmuted. I was encouraged by the kids to be slightly mischievous and pretend to be unmuted before I started. But and we've had enough enough uh, technical problems this morning, so I won't be mischievous. Fine. So, hello and, and welcome everybody from 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 all of us. I'm the only one on the screen at the moment, but the rest of the family <laughs> there you go, poking over the, the over over my shoulder. Um, Tom and I Tom and I had a, a really nice uh, catch up. Uh, walk and chat a couple of weeks ago, and um, and I shared some 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 thoughts I'd had with him um, after after the uh, particularly after the talk about Moses and the Israelites, and um, and he asked me if I'd if I'd share some thoughts um, 
And um, I promise we haven't coordinated on today, but that some of what I'm saying is quite similar to what Tom was going to say. <laughs> um, but, but there we go. Um, some, some of you will know, um, and some of you may not, but um, for, for many years I've worked with um, various Church of England charities um, focusing on kind of community development and tackling poverty um, and wider issues of deprivation across the country. Um, even before COVID hit, I was seeing how many communities um, were struggling um, and how difficult people were finding um, situations. Um, but I was also seeing a lot of the amazing work that churches and, and communities were doing, both to address the kind of immediate needs in there in, in, of people they were they were working with and serving, um, but also to challenge some of the, 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 the deeper rooted issues and injustices behind it. Um, when I was I was made redundant just before just before the first lockdown um, struck, um, which was fairly interesting timing. Um, but actually, it gave me time to pause and, and reflect on, on what I'd been doing, what my my uh, my job, my vocation had been, um, but also a little bit of, of kind of broader reflection on how things were looking for church, for society. Um, as Tom said, we've all had really different experiences of lockdown and um, some in some ways it's been very difficult. Um, I have to think, I say, for, for, for us as a family overall, you know, we've all stayed healthy, which has been which has been a, a real blessing. Um, and in spite of the uncertainty around work, um, it, it's actually been a, a fairly a fairly positive lockdown experience overall. We've juggled, you know, uncertainty around work, changes with school, all of the stuff that everyone has, else has been dealing with. Um, but actually, for me, it was also it also felt a bit like a, a break, a, a bit of sabbatical chance to to um, to change pace and, and 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 kind of think about some new routines, some new expectations, um, and a bit of a new of a new rhythm of life. And I've, I've, as I've recently started work again um, with with um, the Church of England in the in the Midlands, um, it's been really nice to kind of still have that that kind of change of pace. So so. But the desert experience has been has been varied for us, but there's been quite a lot that's been that's been quite positive. I've I really appreciated all of those reflections, and Tom Tom summarised them. The reflections about the desert, but I really like the Israelites kind of sermon from a few weeks ago, um, and I just wanted to draw out a couple of reflections I had about the parallel between the the position the Israelites found themselves in and the situation that that we're in. Um, but I also just wanted to note, because I'm, I'm sure I'm not alone in this, I really valued Tom's um, encouragement that it was all right, all right to grumble a little bit and that God was big enough to, to deal with that. There's certainly been some grumbling going on in this household um, and, and we've we valued the, the, the reminder that God, God's big enough to take that. The thing that really struck me about the Israelite thing was that um, while they might have hit harked back to their previous existence in, in Egypt, um, the reality was that that had been a, a time of oppression and hardship. They'd been enslaved and they'd been abused. Um, so, so while similar to, to us, while there are there are aspects of normal life that we all want to return to, I don't think it's something that we should necessarily um, do without thinking carefully about. Um, you know, it was a marker how bad their situation was that something so oppressive would be worth returning to. And, you know, we all know that there are lots of challenges with um, repeat lockdowns, loss, grief and, and, and mourning. We all doubt, no doubt share a desire to, to get out of this and get back to normal. Um, 
but I just wanted to reflect that um, it, there are major aspects of the old normal that could be better and fairer than they were. So I hope you'll allow a, a little bit of, um, of, of a brief political observation. Um, I don't think it's any accident that many of our um, leaders who are most vocal in the debates about lockdown are sometimes those who've benefited most from the, the power, wealth and status of normality, if we want to call it that. And it sometimes feels as if some of the decisions um, are being made between competing business interests rather than a desire for the, the well-being and health of, of the people that, that our politicians are supposed to serve. The reality is that there's much about the old normal in our society that was damaging and unjust for many in our communities. That's something I've seen over, over the years, um, just as it was for the people of Israel. Um, I've spent a lot of time dealing with features of the old normal that I don't want to return to. Um, and I think, you know, pressures to retain those conditions are causing massive strains on people across the country in terms of finances, family relationships, mental health and more. So while this present desert experience is definitely challenging, as Tom said, um, and we certainly want to move on from it, I think we have an opportunity, particularly at the start of Advent and particularly given some of the readings we've had today, to sit with the current experience, learn from it, and then think what we could move on to on the other side. So I hope we can use this time of upheaval and discomfort and uncertainty as positively as possible, even though it's difficult. Um, and, and think for us personally, for us as a church, for our, our society, um, that we can reflect on God's hope uh, as we start Advent um, and create a, a new, better and fairer normal. Brilliant. Thanks, um, thanks, thanks, John. That's really wonderful. Thank you. That's a really, really helpful um, reflection, and um, thank you for sharing that with us.